Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Quad in the air to right field. Toward the corner it goes. And the Guardians have tied the game. Juan is on the gas pedal, four on the floor to third with an RBI triple. And here it comes. A swing and a little looper into shallow right center. Base hit! Weston's going to score. The ball game is tied at two. Nick Madrigal delivers. A game-tying single. It's three to three. Listen to this crowd. Man, those two guys, they were roommates, not just teammates, but roommates. It's a hell of a lot of contact being made in that college dorm room. Stephen Kwan and Nick Madrigal. Stephen Kwan of the Cleveland Guardians is terrific. I really like that kid. By the way, 312-644-6767 if you want to hop in on hit and run. They were teammates at Oregon State. Stephen Kwan of the Guardians and Nick Madrigal, who had a huge at-bat, a big single to tie the game in the ninth inning yesterday for the Cubs. On that Oregon State team as well, Trevor Larnack, the current Twins outfielder, and a young catcher named Adley Rutschman. Adley Rutschman of the Orioles was on that Oregon State team. That is bananas. That's a pretty good four-pack right there. There's a fifth player on that team, the 2018 Oregon State team, Caden Grenier in the Orioles system. So I don't know how close he is, but man, every time I see Quan and then Madrigal, and here we are watching, you know, we're watching these series. Quan is a huge factor for Cleveland and what they do. Madrigal is in the midst of a tremendous stretch. 13 games this month, he's hitting 356 with an on-base percentage of 431 since coming back from the injured list. That's over 13 games. Got two straight three-hit games for the second time in his career. Had Greg Brown, the hitting coach for the Cubs on last hour, asked him, has the quality of contact changed for Nick Madrigal? And he didn't really say that it has specifically. He said he's just doing what he's always done. This is what this guy has always done. I will say this. He hasn't played that much. Nick Madrigal has not played that much baseball in the bigs. 127 games total for Nick Madrigal so far. But how about those two teammates right there at Oregon State, Stephen Kwan and Nick Madrigal? 
So help me out. Maybe you know this anecdotally because I've been looking um, for blogs about it. I've been trying to sort on baseball reference, but it's difficult to sort college data. I'm trying to figure out a college team that had the most future MLB players on it. I always think of a specific Mississippi State team, and it was Mississippi State with Will Clark, Rafael Palmero, um, Jeff Brantley, and Bobby Thigpen. That's a pretty damn good team in the mid-'80s. That's, and I think there were only four on that team, but that's pretty damn good. That's the one that I always go to. I think about that. But, man, this modern Oregon State team has a chance to rival that. There have been others. Um, Nomar Garciaparra and Jason Veritek were teammates uh, together at Georgia Tech. And I think it was Jay Payton who was also there. You remember Jay Payton? Um, So that's the 1994 Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. There they are, Veritek, Jay Payton, and Nomar. And I also, I I think of those two. I'm sure there's more. Hell, what was the, uh, I looked at a random um, Vanderbilt team, a Sonny Gray Vanderbilt team in, in 2010, I think it was, right? Let's call that up. I think it was 2010 Vanderbilt. And it was after David Price had left. David Price had just left. This 2010 Vanderbilt team had Sonny Gray, had Tony Kemp, Kurt Casali, Mike Yastrzemski. All those guys on the same college team. Remember early in the year when we talked with Scott Efros, the Cubs side armor. He was at Indiana with Kyle Schwarber. Same team as Kyle Schwarber at Indiana. I love that stuff. If you got a good one, feel free to text it in at 312-644-6767. Um, or you can call at 312-644-6767. What's the number? 312-644-6767. And help me out. Who am I missing? Right now I'm looking at a uh, a blog about you know former teams like that. But it's really, it ends up being... A collective. It's telling me like where all those guys played, but maybe not necessarily together on the same team. I know Dallas Keuchel. You know who Dallas Keuchel's catcher was at Arkansas? Oh no, was it Yasmani Grandal? J- James McCann. <laughs> James McCann. Okay. Keuchel and McCann were battery mates at Arkansas, um, and a former White Sox farmhand named Andy Wilkins was the team leader in home runs for Arkansas at the time. So, wow. you know, I'm trying to collect these, and it's difficult to actually collect because a lot of it ends up being anecdotal, like going through every single team's roster. So, yes, Ryan Terrio and Mike Fontenot, teammates at LSU. And again, teammates later. But what I'm looking for is the the college team with the most future MLB players. Because, whew, 
It's uh, it's got to be out there. If you, if you want to take this on as a research project, feel free, and, the, and you can uh, get in with me and take care of it. But I, I love I love Stephen Kwan, and he is up for American League Rookie of the Year, certainly, along with Julio Rodriguez and his former college teammate Adley Rutschman. Kwan is batting over three hundred, just has unbelievable bat control, playing a pretty decent left field, and just a huge component of what Cleveland does. Cleveland has zigged while the rest of the league has zagged. They have guys who make contact and put the ball in play. They run hard. They field their positions. They're aggressive. And they're kind of a fun team to watch. And I'm sure White Sox fans not enjoying watching them on some level as they're good and they're two and a half games up in first place. Yes, Fred Lynn was an All-American at USC in 72 and 73. Yes, I remember that. And he, Lynn Swan was on that baseball team. I do remember that as well. All right, so 2014-2015 Vanderbilt, I'm being told to look at. Let's go to 2015 Vanderbilt baseball roster. There's Walker Bueller on that team. There is Carson Fulmer, who ended up failing, uh, as we know, for the White Sox. Dansby Swanson on that team with Walker Bueller. Um, Oh, Kyle Wright. That's Kyle Wright, who's on Atlanta, right? Phenomenal pitcher on Atlanta right now, Kyle Wright. Brian Reynolds. Is that Brian Reynolds of the Pirates? Brian Reynolds? Yeah. How about that team? Brian Reynolds, Dansby Swanson, Walker Bueller, Kyle Wright. That it that's outrageous. So that's that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Uh Giolito, Freed, and Flaherty, all high school teammates. I know that well. Absolutely. Those are all high school guys, but I'm talking about college. I'm talking about college. And um it it's it's interesting. Mississippi State, nineteen eighty five is the first one I thought of. With Will Clark and Palmero and Bobby Thigpen and those guys. Let's go to Joe in St. Charles on 670 The Score. Joe, what you got for me here? You missed the most obvious one. Right, see, now, that, that, hurts, that hurts me. That hurts me in my heart, Joe. That was the but most... it was Steve Stone and Thurman Munson. At Kent State? Yeah, at Kent State or Ball State or one of those, like, Mac schools. Well, yeah, it, it was, I mean, yeah, it was Kent State for sure, because I know Steve Stone went to Kent State. I didn't realize he played with Thurman Munson. That's crazy. Yep. That's, that's a great one. That, that, that is phenomenal. Now, that's just two. I'll have to go back and look at that team and see if they had any more. So far, we got five. That Vanderbilt team in 2015 has five. Mississippi State had four. The Oregon State team I mentioned had four. Uh, what else we got? This is Mark in Jefferson Park. Mark, who do you got for me? Spies, how are you this I'm, morning? I'm wonderful. Thank you. I, I've got now, I just turned 70 years old, so I'm going back a little way. Good. But let's go back to the 70, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, 60s and 70s. How about the Arizona State teams? Uh, guys like, uh, I think, Sal Bando, or maybe Raleigh Fingers. Now, I don't know how we all played together at the same time, but there were lots of them. I know Floyd Bannister came out of that school mm-hmm. uh, a little later on. Um, Alvin Davis, Bob Horner, uh, more currently Dustin Pedroia, Andre Ethier. So some of those teams had to have several guys that 
you know, made big in the uh, major leagues. At in, the, in the same show. time. Yep, yep. Yeah. And the other one I was thinking of probably a little later, maybe 70s and 80s, was USC coached by Ron Dato. Yep. Ron Dato and um, I know Randy Johnson, McGuire, and several, several others. So I know that's not, you know, guys are probably going to be on the current rosters of Major League Baseball teams, but – uh, going back, what you're yep. asking for, I think that might fit. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I need to look back. I bet, I bet that's there. Somebody needs to write this article. Damn it, internet! Come on, man. It's not really out there. Just very simply, give me the college baseball team that had the most uh, future major leaguers. I'm looking at that one of those Skip Bertman teams at LSU. Um, Brad Hop and Fontenot and Terrio together. Um, Trey Hodges played in the big leagues. There's a couple others who did all play in the big leagues. Your texts have been um, have been awesome. Yeah, the Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer, UCLA Bruins is a great call. I, and I, I don't know um, about those UCLA, who else was on those teams. The, Bauer and Garrett Cole, uh, absolutely. Let's see. What uh, what year? You know, it's weird. I think Pat Valikia, one of the other like Cubs, like perpetual minor leaguers, might have been on that team as well. Mm. So here's Trevor Bauer, Garrett Cole, uh, Adam Plutko ended up being in the big leagues. Pat Valika, yeah. So just a couple, just a couple like that. But this is this is the kind of thing. This is the kind of thing that uh, that that needs to be researched. It needs to be mastered, and I need to be you know the guy given that information. So yeah, I'm just making you guys do it. Thank you, callers, textures. This is Rich in Old Town on six seventy. The score. Thanks for holding, Rich. How are you? I'm great. Very good. I got a couple of things. I'll stick to the script though about about a couple of things that may surprise you. I'm going to give you a team because I I went to school there obviously, so I know them. The 2019 Florida Gators. Pete Alonzo, Zanino, the catcher for the Rays, Jonathan India, shortstop for the Reds, and Brady Singer, the pitcher, first rounder for the Royals. What year? Same what year is that for the Gators? 2019 national champions. Wow. That's crazy. Another thing, real quick, because the sidebar, since I grew up in Florida, I'll tell you this most people don't know this. In high school, Prasinski played in Orlando, and his teammate was Johnny Damon. Uh, yeah, that's true, isn't it? I did yep. remember that. Yep. How about that? That's good stuff. Look at you, Rich. See? I mean, that's awesome. Anyway, uh, I thought, you know, this kind of stuff that I like. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, man, that's, that's, that's the best stuff. Uh, that's the best stuff that there is. I'm trying to look for that 2018, uh, Florida team. Cause it's not the 2019 Florida team. Uh, let's see the world series. Maybe it's a 2017, 2017 team. Um, Jonathan India, uh, Brady singer. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a, there's a few, there's a few on there, but it's not that 2017 team. I'll look, we'll figure it out. So one of those Gators teams is, uh, is, is the call from rich and a few others have, uh, I've texted in. Oh yeah. That rice owls team had Philip Umber, and had a few other pitchers on that team. I remember that Rice Owls team. 
Oh, it's good stuff. Good stuff out of you guys. I will compile it if I can help and find it by the end of the show. By noon in perfect, pristine detail, I will find it. Dan Zimborski writes baseball fabulously well for Fangraphs and joins me next on Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score. Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel, Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Cubs trail 2-1. to one. Franmil Reyes sets a high fly ball. Deep right center. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Back toward the wall. It's off the fence. Bouncing halfway back to the infield. The big man lumbering toward third. He's got a triple. Ball game tied, two to two. Look at a big fella go. He is a running. How about, would you have guessed he'd have two triples in a week? <laughs> Fran Reyes is crazy fun. I'm hoping that this is just, you know... The new normal for Fran Mil Reyes after a disaster in Cleveland, a surprising DFA, 
He's here in Chicago, and he started with a nine-game hitting streak with the Cubs. A whole bunch of extra base hits mixed in as well. That, among the topics we will talk about with Dan Zimborski of Fangraphs, terrific writer over there who gives us some time on a Sunday morning. We appreciate it. Joins us right now on the Circa Resort Casino Hotline. Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dan, thanks so much for coming on. Were you surprised that Cleveland gave up on him? And, and I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just a change of scenery thing right now. Maybe it's more attentiveness. I don't know, but he looks like a very good hitter, which he looked like at times in Cleveland, but not this year. I like the Cubs picking him up, him up, but you can kind of understand why Cleveland was a little short with him, let's just say, uh, because they are in a close pennant race. They haven't been, a- they weren't able to fix what was going on with him. And I think that given the risk of, of falling out of the race, they, they couldn't really afford to spend the time to see him turn things around. The Cubs, of course, are not in a, uh, any kind of uh, playoff race, so they did have the luxury of being able to, to let Reyes play, to let him to see what he has, because he could be you know, a league average DH for the next couple of years. Uh, so I, I, I think it was a pretty good pickup for the Cubs and understandable for the Guardians. You know, you wrote about the, uh, the White Sox, uh, a, a little while ago, I guess it was back on the 11th of August, but they're still kind of right there where they've been all year. The picture of mediocrity, man, living with this team every day, Dan, and covering it and talking to the fans has just been unbelievable because they'll win a game, lose a game, win two, lose two, um, lose two, then win two in a series. They just, this is what they are. Why, why aren't they good enough from the, from what you have watched and gleaned of them? One of my complaints about the White Sox is how curiously unambitious they've been kind of in the last year or so. They, what I wrote about last week or the week before, I forget now, uh, is that they put a team that was good enough to win the AL Central. That's what their belief is going into the season. And they kind of stopped, you know, pushing forward, going over the top. They kind of left the outfield DH situation as it was they figured second base would take care of itself they didn't have a lot of great depth uh around the field and they just it feels like there was this calculation that the twins and the and the guardians are not going to be as good as us we're projected to you know to win the division by 10 games but what happens is, is is if you don't prepare for these things when you have a few nasty surprises you start to fall apart and at the deadline they really didn't do anything, which is a killer because they're at a place where adding wins is the most important in a divisional race for a team that looks to finish in the mid 80s and win. So it's kind of been a mess the last year. I mean, not a disaster like the Pirates or anything. They still have a good shot at making the playoffs, but they made it a lot harder than they need to have. Do you have a Do you have a pick coming out of that central who's uh, going to rise above if anybody in the stretch run here? I had been saying the White Sox most of the season, but the Twins did make a real improvement at the deadline. They improved the depth of the rotation, and I think that that team now has the slight edge. Uh, Yeah, they're a game behind Cleveland right now, but I think that they are a game better per, you know, six weeks. Uh, So I think the Twins are going to take it in a close race, but all three teams still have really good odds. I don't want to... Don't get me wrong. Um, uh, Dan Zimborski from Fangrass is with us. What do you make of the new <clears throat> Braves way, which is to sign these guys super early and super long? It's crazy how many hitters in that core are locked and loaded for like the next eight years. Uh, Michael Harris, the second, the most recent. 
Yeah, they have half their lineup now and pretty much all the good parts of their lineup except for shortstop. They have these guys locked up now generally through like the year 2030. Uh, that's, that's a ways away. I'm going to be in my 50s in, in 2030, <laughs> which frightens me completely. But you, you have – and they, the thing is they had them all generally at pretty reasonable prices. Uh, they're paying Ozzy Albies basically nothing. Uh, he's not going to even be able to make $10 million a year until he's a free agent way down the road. Uh, you have Acuna locked up at, at a pretty good price. Matt Olson at a fair price. You weren't going to get as great a deal since he was so close to free agency. Austin Riley's locked up forever. And now Michael Harris is locked up forever. And this team does have flexibility. They're doing kind of what Cleveland did in the early 90s when John Hart signed a lot of young players to long contracts, kept that team together. So you have to like what the Braves are doing. They do have the financial ability now and, and the certainty about where their payroll is going that they can go after pitching this this winter. They could be in the, say, the Jacob deGrom sweepstakes, which seem like they're likely to happen. So it's the team's run pretty well. Alex Anthopoulos has done a very good job in Atlanta. So if anyone can stop the Mets who seem to want to spend $400 million a year or something, uh, I think the Braves might be able to. You know, Anthopolis seems to have escaped the Freddie Freeman situation with um, a much better value long-term in the younger Matt Olson and a perception that the guy who really messed this up was somehow Freeman himself or Freeman's agent, which obviously was out there. It's like, it, it, I mean, that is a very difficult thing to navigate, but I don't think, I don't get the sense there are Braves fans or national baseball people thinking that Alex Anthopoulos screwed that up as good as Freeman is. Yeah, it was a very elegant little dance that Anthopoulos played because he replaced a long-term fan favorite, their franchise player, with a younger version that they figured would cost a little less, and nobody in Atlanta hates him, even after the slow start to the season. Uh, no, he didn't get any blame for that in, in, in local media, as far as I could tell. Uh, so it was pretty adept, and, and they love Olsen, and they can still love Freddie Freeman. And the Dodgers have no reason to be unhappy with the season he's had, but it's worked out well for Atlanta because that was a tricky issue because – Freeman was a free agent. They ha- were not able to close a deal with him before free agency. And there was a lot of uncertainty around first base in the organization because they didn't really have anyone who was the heir apparent in the system unless you move Riley over, but then you have to find a third baseman. It worked out really well for the Braves. You know, that, that's clearly a, a good, healthy organization. I know they made massive changes in their defensive alignments in the middle of last year, and it helped them um, get there. And obviously they've been aggressive at the deadline several years in a row last year, most no. Notably, when the Padres went for it at the deadline, uh, with the way that they did with Soto, there was quickly a, a rash of people saying, what an organization. Look, that's what they should do. That's what you have to do. And, and it, the go for it is admirable um, from an ownership level. It, it, it certainly is, all the big contracts and stuff. But here they are, post-deadline, Josh Hader is broken. And being given some time off from getting saves, uh, whatever the hell that means, time off from being the closer, just going to give him a moment to breathe. And, you know, they have no Fernando Tatis. And it feels like, God, I've seen this before, where A.J. Preller goes for it and it just doesn't quite work out. It, did they do anything wrong along the way here? I mean, they have done some things wrong along the way. Uh, the Eric Hosmer contract has been kind of a, 
a millstone around their neck for the last five years. Uh, they have finally cleared themselves of that uh, and picked up a prospect in return for, for paying the last of his salary. Uh, they, they've had some missteps early in Preller's tenure. I think they're generally doing the right thing. Uh, their player development hasn't really been quite as effective as the Braves have. Uh, and, of course, Tatis's injury, first due to his own carelessness, and now his his suspension due to their own carelessness. That's, that's a little out of the team's control, but you can understand why they're kind of ticked off at him at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> oh, my God. The selfishness. It's, it, it's crazy. And you've got people here in this town wondering, um, was Rick Hahn as wrong as we thought when he traded him for James Shields? I think the answer is still yes, but like, yeah, but, yeah you still want James Shields back? Yeah, yeah, no, no. no. But but you do have people wondering, like, oh well, did he find juice, and that's why he became that version of Fernando Tatis Jr. You know, it's it's, but that's just the chatter that happens among the peoples. You know how that goes. Um, a, a compressed playoff format, Dan. I know you wrote about that. What do you think we're gonna get here? Just remind people exactly what the format is. And tell me if what conclusions you've come to, if any, about um, about what effect that's going to have on the uh, on the lottery that is MLB's postseason. Well, generally speaking, the, the changes this year because of the lockout is that they've shortened the the, the off days between the series, uh, the uh, the divisional series and the championship series. Both lose an off game or an off day for travel, and that could have an effect because what you're going to have is. You can have teams that are playing on the West Coast uh, and have to travel, you know, three time zones and, and, and play the next day. And that's, you know, teams do that all the time. Uh, it's not ideal. But during the playoffs, you are going to have to go deeper into your rotation, deeper into your bullpen. I ran some numbers for that. In the end, it didn't really make that much of a big of a deal. Uh, but it's. It's something to keep in account, like kind of at the back of your mind. If, say, a team is has a 15-inning game against the Dodgers and then they have to fly to New York the next day or something, uh, it's, it's something to watch at least, uh, even if it doesn't seem to be you know, an earth-shattering change. Thank you so much, Dan Zimborski, for the time. We appreciate it. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for having me. Always fun. You got it. It's Dan Zimborski from Fangraphs. Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run. Um, we got Chris Kampka coming up in about seven, eight minutes to tie the room together. You guys have sent me a whole bunch of awesome college baseball teams that I'm looking at here, trying to figure out who had the most future MLB players. Um, but also thinking for a texture to hipping me to the fact that just this morning, um, Sahadev Sharma wrote about Fran Reyes over at The Athletic. And... Fran Reyes, who I just asked Dan Zaborski about, uh, has, has been reborn here. And what is happening? There's some great quotes in there from Reyes, from David Ross, about how Reyes has an energy that's infectious and, and he's uh, always talking baseball. He's into it. This quote from Reyes is compelling. This new opportunity. There's many players that don't have a second chance. I'm very blessed for having it. So the mental reset and the new start is a big deal. Uh, but as Sahadev writes, it's not the only thing that's going on. It's uh, not the only thing that's happening. So Reyes, who is reconnected with Johnny Washington, the Cubs' assistant hitting coach, and he, they had a chance to to reconnect because they've known each other for a long, long time, as as I think you guys know from Reyes' very early days in San Diego, right? I believe it was San Diego. Yes, it was San Diego. 
And then obviously we've got a uh, bench coach, Andy Green, who was his first manager when he came to the majors. Right. So those things have helped a lot. And Reyes said that Johnny Washington to him said, dog, you're good. I don't see anything weird. Just select your pitches, put a good swing on the ball and you're going to take off. And that in itself has given him a bunch of confidence. Reyes said, quote, I needed to be more calmed down at the plate, not swing at everything. I was chasing every slider at the beginning of the year. I blame myself. Last year, I had a lot of sliders out of the zone that I hit out of the field, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so powerful. I don't have to pick a zone because if it's high, if it's away, I put the barrel on it, it'll go. But this year, pitchers executed better and threw more breaking balls. I was just chasing every pitch, pitchers that weren't close to the zone. Wow, how about that? That is a huge mental adjustment from Fran Mel Reyes right now. That's big. It's pretty awesome to see. He's just got the right approach, and it feels like he's having a lot of fun playing for the Cubs. He, I think that's making a difference. He's too. definitely having fun. You see Stroman yesterday mm-hmm. coming off that mound, and then he tweeted a picture later saying, thank you for the positive energy and the vibes. There's no place like this place. Stroman's been so good since he came back off the injured list. It's looked really good. So, you know, you can, you can have a couple of fines here that, that can change things. Justin Steele going today. Um, I've just been so impressed with Steele. Keegan Thompson up and down. I'm not as sold on Keegan as a future rotation piece as I was even a few weeks back, but we'll see. There's time to let that play out a little bit. But, man, I, 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 I'm a believer in Justin Steele, who has shown the ability to dominate and sometimes shown the ability to fight his way through a start without his best stuff um, in, in some impressive, impressive ways. This is a great deep dive from Zahad of Sharma. Uh, over on The Athletic about Fran Mill Reyes. Um, when we come back, I'll talk to Chris Kampka. We'll tie the room together, Sultan of Stat from ABC Sports Chicago, and I'll run through some of these college teams as well, see if we can find mm, which one had the most future big leaguers. It's Spiegel here with you on Didn't Run up until the top of the hour on The Score. Hitting around on a Sunday morning. And this is how I like to end my morning and greet the midday. It's by talking to Chris Kampka, the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago. A smile wrapped inside a rainbow uh, surrounded by a baseball or something like that. I forget what Benetti called you. I got to find that somewhere, Kampka, but it was spot on. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm having a good morning. I did some good baseball conversations with uh, Greg Brown, the hitting coach, and and Boog Shambi, and uh, just now reading about Fran Mill Reyes, and now I get to talk to you, and you always bring me something delightful about the Cubs and the Sox that's been rolling around your brain this week. Yeah, so but how about that Fran Mill Reyes? I, I can't believe Cleveland gave up on him, really. I mean, they need all the firepower they can get. Yeah. But I guess they were just they just ran out of patience. I guess so. Uh, much, much to the benefit of the Cubs. Now, yeah. you know, in his, his first nine games of the Cubs, he's managed to have multiple doubles, triples, and homers. And uh, who would be the last Cub to do that in their first nine games of the team? Hmm. I bet you'd never guess, but it's a Hall of Famer. Rogers Hornsby. Oh, my God. In 1929 is the last Cub to start his Cub career with two homers, two doubles, and two triples in his first nine games. But I think what I originally wrote down here was, you know, Fran Mil Reyes just might be 
the largest player in Cubs history to hit a triple, weighing in at 265 pounds as he's listed. Mm. Uh, but but if you go to baseball reference and go by weight, Carlos Zambrano comes out on top with 275. Huh. Now, he hit those triples in 2008 and 2005, and I, w- I consulted the Cubs media guides from those years, and he's listed at only 255 in those media guides. So I will give Fran Mil Reyes the nod at 265 as the heaviest Cub to hit a triple. Oh, I love that you went to the Cubs media guys and consulted those because you've got those. Do you have the, the physical media guides on a shelf somewhere? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the best. That's the best. And, and I just see, I think I've got them all from like 1980 on through 19 or 2019. Oh, um, and then the, the socks back to like 70. So uh, that's that's phenomenal. There's stuff in there. There's stuff in there that you can't find online. That otherwise, if it would be gone forever. So you gotta yeah. have those. Uh, and that's why I've got them. Yeah, um, two sixty five is generous for Fran Mil Reyes. Um, you know, it, it, it seriously. I got a good laugh out of Willie Harris the other day. Uh, we had him on Parkins and Spiegel, and I said Fran Mill looks like somebody's dad came to the park and they let him play, and and Willie laughed at that. So I I appreciated that. That giggle. He is an enormous human, um, but maybe he's figured it out. That could be a beautiful thing. I'm looking at your Twitter feed before we talk about that that White Sox pitcher who is like one of the stories of the year, really anywhere. How about Albert Pujols with two more homers last night? He's got six since the 10th of August. What's he sitting at now? 692, I believe, is where yeah. he's sitting. Crazy. 692, and he's got as many home runs as the White Sox do as a team over that span. So, yikes. Yikes. Uh, yikes is right. Um, but, but I also see, and, and I agree, this version of Jose Abreu, who leads the American League hits, but, you know, the extra base hits haven't quite been there. I, I still am thrilled to have this version of Jose Abreu because he's figured out that the contact has to come first. He's got to be steady contact, and then the power should come on mistake pitches and stuff like that. It just You just need other people to homer if you're going to have this version of Abreu. Yeah, you know, I mean, you take, you'll take it. He's leading the American League in hits, Yep, and, and that's always a positive thing. And that double yesterday broke a string of 15 straight singles he's had. But, you know, the home runs, are they're going to come eventually a little bit here and there, at least more than they have been. So, I mean, I would say, so if you're in a home run drought, wouldn't you rather a guy still consistently make contact and get his hits? Yes. Yes, you, know? yes, yes, you I would. I look at it that way. Yeah. You know. Um, the other night, the White Sox, when they got beat by Tristan McKenzie, 14 strikeouts or more. And no walks versus the White Sox all time. You did the work. Nolan Ryan, Pedro Martinez, and Tristan McKenzie. End of list. That that is staggering, isn't it? I mean, it, it just it all checks out when I whenever I see Tristan McKenzie. I guess when he's pitching against other teams, he's not quite as good. But man, against the White Sox, this guy's nasty. Yeah, he, re- he he really is. He really is. He's got a great curveball and a great slider, and he's able to use them both and go to them at different times and really just, just throw people off tremendously well. Part of the Cleveland pitching factory. But one of the stories of the year uh, for the White Sox, really for, I mean, Johnny Cueto is going to go from unsigned on the couch to top 10 Cy Young Award um, votes. I, I mean, it's a, it's a crazy Crazy season. Uh, what, what are you seeing as you watch Johnny Cueto now with 10 straight quality starts? 
Magic. Um, <laughs> you mentioned it earlier in the show, the first White Sox pitcher to have 10 straight quality starts since Burley, but that's in the, that's over a single season. Rodon did it in his last eight starts of 2015 and his first two of 2016, Wow! Uh, if you want to count that. Um, but here's the deal. So he's got 10 straight quality starts. He's got a 2.17 ERA over that span and 33 strikeouts. Did you know that is the fewest strikeouts over a 10-start span by a White Sox pitcher this season? That's crazy. And and they're all quality starts, and he's been excellent. I mean, it's just hard to imagine. Um, and, and I don't knock him for not striking guys out. No, that, that, that's, that's what he's trying to do. Here's the quote from him last night. Literally, the quote, I'm not focusing on trying to strike out anybody. Just try to right. get quick contact, quick outs. I just want for them to put the ball in play. The 10 starts you're talking about, 5-1 and one with a 2.18 ERA since the 28th of June. Tell me the strikeout numbers again in these 10 starts. It's 33 over 10. That's averaging 3.3 per start. Wow. And consider the mo- the most strikeouts over a 10-start span this season by a White Sox pitcher is Dylan Cease is 82, <laughs> and his ERA is 2.60. It's higher than Cueto's. Wow. And he only had three quality starts over that span. I mean, and, and not knocking Cease, just, it's just you could do things in different ways in the major leagues. And Cueto, I completely believe that, you know, it's not a fluke. He is – an expert at inducing weak contact. I mean, there's an art to it, and, you know, maybe his peripherals don't look as good, but he's legit. I mean, he is legitimately getting it done this year. He's inducing double plays when he has to. He's getting pop-ups when he has to. He's doing it all. He's so much fun to watch this year. Yeah, he absolutely is, and I think it's a great, great thing um, that – that you have, you know, young fireballers like Dylan Cease who get to watch him, you know? Yep. Yeah, because even even Cease, if you look at Cease, he is, you know, among the top five in strikeouts this season. He hasn't recorded a first-inning strikeout each of his last five starts. And so even he's kind of learning a little bit more lately to be able to get those outs without having to strike everybody out. That's and, that's interesting. That's interesting. And and, and interesting. it's it's a smart way it's a smart way to um it's a smart way to go about your starts too if you're going to be, you know, a Dylan Cease and you want to go deeper, go ahead and pitch to that contact especially early on. That's that's what Verlander's done his whole life, right? It is. Yeah. And you think of it that way, yeah, you're getting that contact early and then you're saving your strikeout stuff for later if you have to. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, makes all the uh, makes all the sense in the world. Chris Kampka, you are the best, dude. Thank you so much. All right, thanks, Beast. All right, man, appreciate you. We were um, talking earlier on in the show about baseball teams, college baseball teams that had the most future MLB players, and maybe you've heard me like you know pausing a little bit here and there, stumbling a little bit here and there because I'm looking them up. I'm looking them up. And I'm looking at the mid-80s Mississippi State team. Of course, that's Rafael Palmero and Will Clark and Bobby Thigpen and some other guys like that. But a lot of you have, have helped out and sent me in some others. How about Arizona State in 1984? Barry Bonds, Mike Devereaux, O to be young again McDowell, 
Don Wakamatsu, future catcher. Luis Medina, future MLB player. So that's five right there on that Arizona State team. That's pretty good. 1983 Texas Longhorns. Roger Clemens. Calvin Schiraldi. Moment of silence for games six and seven of the 1986 World Series. He lost both of them. Bruce Ruffin, also on that Texas team. And a couple others, Mike Brumley. So I think there's like six different big leaguers on that 1983 Texas team. 2005 Long Beach State, only two, but a pretty good two. Evan Longoria and Troy Tulowitzki. They're both all right. That's pretty good. What about uh, 1984 USC? Uh, you got it? Did you look it up? I think. I know Mark McGuire, Randy Johnson. <laughs> I think there's someone else on that team, but I don't know for sure. Uh, 1984 USC. I think it might have only been those two. Let's see. We got McGuire. And, yeah, um, I don't even have Randy Johnson, so maybe that's on the 83 team. It might be. This is me going off the top of my head. This yeah. is me not Googling anything. Yeah, yeah. Way, way to go, buddy. Yeah, hey. Way to go. Anything for you, Speaks. Thanks, man. 2015 Florida Gators. 2015 Florida Gators. A.J. Puck, Pete Alonzo, Harrison Bader, um, Richie Martin, a future MLB guy. So there's there's a few in there. And I know that Brady Singer was on one of those teams as well. Jonathan India and Pete Alonzo on the next year. So this is the kind of stuff that I can't stop thinking about. There's five on that Oregon State team from a couple years ago with Stephen Kwan of the Guardians, Nick Madrigal of the Cubs, Trevor Larnack of the Twins, Adley Rutschman of the Orioles. I guess just four. And the fifth is uh, is in the Orioles organization trying to fight his way to the big leagues. But that's what inspired the entire thought process for me. Big baseball day coming. Cody Decker is going to be next with down the line, and then it'll be Cubs and Brewers. The Cubs wrap up Steele against Brandon Woodruff, and then a five-gamer with the Red Hot Cardinals as they come in. And how about that, man? Josh Hader's broken in San Diego. Devin Williams kind of looks broken in Milwaukee. The hell he is supposed to do? White Sox and Guardians are delayed right now. And later on today, some other good baseball happening, including the Blue Jays and the Yankees, Nestor Cortez and Alec Manoa in some fun stuff in the American League East. Astros and Braves in a good one down in Atlanta. Jose Urquidy and Charlie Morton, who was terrific his last time out. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you to our guests, John Boog Shambi, Greg Brown, the hitting coach of the Cubs, Dan Zimborski, and Chris Kampka. Thank you to the callers and the texters. Thank you to Sean Sears for doing a great job producing. Have a wonderful day, everybody. I'll be back with you tomorrow for Parkinson Spiegel at 2 o'clock. See you later. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.